Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Saturday. It is Army-Navy Day. It is 7 a.m., and Uncle Chris and I have recovered from a night out in Hoboken and New York City. Uh, Rob Hubert, class of 96, great seeing him out there. Sean Steffen, uh, the rest of the gang, we're ready for Irish car bombs. Not at 0930, uh, as previously planned, because last night got a little un- unhinged. Uh, other than meeting old classmates from the Hun School, a uh, really fun night out in, in New York City. We heard from uh, Sean Buck yesterday about, um, you know, the, the gala and then, you know, kind of getting down to business today. Looking out of our window, a little rainy, a little under the weather. Um, but hey, Chris, we've been talking about it all week that we just wanted today to get here after a year without fans kind of breaking our own streak, our own Bill Squires streak. How do you feel about, you know, today's game and what, oh boy. And where's your head with, uh, what's going to happen? The excitement has subsided a bit and now I'm a little nervous. Um, I, you know, I kind of go into every army Navy game nervous. Some people go in excited. Some people go in, you know, amped up. Um, I tend to go into them a little nervous because this is everything. I mean, this is it. Um, I think if we play the way that we have played at times throughout the season, I, I think we can beat anybody. Uh, but, I, you know, it's going to take all three sides, uh, offense, defense, and special teams, to show up today. So if that happens, we win. If it doesn't happen, I think Army wins. So, you know, that that's where we are. Yeah, I think... You know, my concern is that we have been now so um, overwhelmed almost with optimism all week, you know, hearing from the other athletes, hearing from the coaches, talking to people about the upswell of momentum. Um, You know, now I'm worried that we actually get in there and it's kind of a performance like we saw against Air Force. Um, Not really sure what to expect other than I know that Ty Lavatai is going to be a very significant factor today. I know that the weather is going to be a significant factor. And I know that the fans are going to be a significant factor. So if you're listening to this, you're driving up the turnpike, you're getting ready to get in line. Uh, Talking to you, Louis Nicolau, um, you know, getting in line at 845 to get into the stadium. You know, just just keep that in mind. They're going to need to hear you today. Um, get in there early, watch the march on. Uh, hopefully the weather clears a little bit so we can get those awesome flyovers. Uh, and if you're at the Berkeley Heights YMCA, just working on your lats and your rhomboid, yeah, maybe, maybe you, know, you, you get in the car and you come up here and you add your voice to the, uh, to the, to the denizen of, of uh, fans. So for me, here's my final prediction. I've been going back and forth all week. I think it's going to be rainy. I think it's going to be less than exciting. I think it's going to be a 12-9 final, and I think that uh, that 12 number belongs to Navy. We beat Army 12-9, and we go from there. 
Um, looking forward to seeing a bunch of people today. Again, the Rob Hubert tailgate in Lot L. If you're out there, come out and see us in Lot L. Uh, looking forward to seeing a bunch of people and uh, especially our friends at Academy Consulting who should be here by 10 a.m. 12-9. Wow, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I don't even know how you score 12 points. I think how they're going to get 12? a field goal, a touchdown, and a safety. I think that okay. Diego is going to blow up uh, an Army running back on after a very good punt. I mean, let's be serious for a second. I've been talking about it all year, and I'm sure people are concussing themselves with eye rolls in their car right now to hear me say this one more time. But it's all about no turnovers, time of possession, and no mistakes on special teams. Like, put Bijan in a position where he can use his leg to help us put the punting team in a position where you are getting all of your reads, getting all of your blocks. There are no problems there. And in the return game... You know, let Mikel Haywood, you know, get some yards on his own, but also get your coverage together. If we can get time of possession, if we have no turnovers, and if we don't have mistakes on special teams, I think that we control the tempo of the game, and it's low scoring, and it's something like 12-9. That makes sense to me. I, I'm going to disagree slightly. I, I think the over hits today. Um, it's 35 and 30, a half. 35 points. All right. So I think the over hits. I think it's a slow first half, to, to your point. And then I think they both teams come out and put some points on the board in the second half. So I could see 12-9 in the first, somewhere around there in the first half. And then I think they come out and score points. So I'm going to take Navy, uh, you know, for the reasons that you just said. But I'm going to take the over. I think you see 36 to 40 points in, in this game. Um, you know, I think you, you end up seeing three or four touchdowns on each side. And uh, first half is a little bit of a, of a sleeper, but they come out and make the second half exciting. And, uh, you know, we sing second and we celebrate in Hoboken in New York City. As you well know, the second half is not really my strong suit, but I am looking forward to experiencing that for the first time. Uh, it's sort of like uh, being in an Orioles game past the fifth inning. Exactly. Um, today, I, I truly am looking forward to uh, getting with everybody out in the parking lot, seeing everyone again. You know, we, we talk about the Army-Navy game as being an example of what's great about the physical mission. But what's great about this rivalry and what's great about this game is that it brings everyone together. And, oh, my God, um, it, we're watching SportsCenter as we uh, do this recording. But... It brings everyone together in the parking lots and in the stadium to to reminisce and to hug and to talk about you know, you know, sea stories from USS Last Ship. That's what was missing last year. That's what we're going to get to enjoy today. That's what I am looking forward to. Um, like I've said, like the game for me is sort of secondary. I want the brand to be bettered for each, uh, for each team. And uh, I want to see people and, and reminisce. So let's, let's get a Navy win. I still think it's something like 12-9. And uh, without any further ado, I think we go right into our interviews. We've got great stuff today. We're hearing from Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds from the Believe podcast, taking some of their uh, analysis and weaving it into our show. We're going to hear from Roger Staubach from his appearance on the Believe podcast. And finally, we're going to hear from Bill Squires. Uh, who is the director, I believe, of operations of MetLife Stadium, class of 75. Uh, we've had him on the pod before, came back from the brink of COVID, and is basically one of the biggest Navy fans on the planet. And I'm so excited that 
Army Navy is here for him. So without any further ado, let's get to those interviews. Let's sing second, Beat Army. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 in downtown Annapolis. Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the wine bar or an old fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right, for our first segment of this Saturday morning, we have the full interview from the Believe podcast earlier in the week where Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani spent some time with Roger Staubach and captain of the 63 team, Admiral Tom Lynch. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to Bill Wagner. We are so honored to have Keenan Reynolds. Sorry about this, buddy. The greatest football player in Navy history <laughs> is with us tonight. Uh, Roger, welcome. Well, it's great, great being here. It's, uh, it's, I get excited every year before the Army-Navy game, so it's, uh, it'll be fun. And then we have uh, the captain of our team that led us back in the uh, old days, uh, 62, 63, 60, well, 64. We don't want to talk about that, but 62 and 63, <laughs> Tom, Tom was uh, right in the middle of it, and he was our captain in 63 when – we, uh, it was after, you know, it was the 63 game was, was after the president was shot, the president Kennedy and the game was played a week later and we won 21 to 15 and Tom grabbed the football at the end of the game because it was on about the two yard line when the gun went off. And, uh, so we won a big one in, uh, 63, uh, beating army 21 to 15. They were, uh, every army Navy game was exciting. Well, we asked, we are also joined by Admiral Tom Lynch, who is chairman of New Day USA and has been generous enough to provide their season-long sponsorship of the Alumni Spotlight. And Tom, I'll let you just jump in real quick, but didn't you grab that football because Roley Stitchway was waving his arms like a madman saying, what's going on here? Because he didn't think the game should have been over and you just snapped up that football and said, we're out of here, right, Tom? Well, my story is, first of all, it wasn't the two-yard line, Roger. It was about the six-inch line and <laughs> half a yard out. And... <laughs> Well, Stitchway had called timeout the previous play, and the referee, but much of the official, because he couldn't hear, and the official called the official timeout. So they got up to the line the next time, and it was they broke the huddles 11, 10, 9. I'm in my linebacker position in the end zone. It's pitch black. The lights are on, and it's 21 to 15. They're on the six-yard line, and I tried to time it so that when it hit zero, he's over there looking at the official, but the official's not doing anything this time. And he's, he's looked kind of pleading for a timeout, but the official's not doing it. So I tried to time my uh, snatch of the ball about the same time he got up there. And, uh, and it happened. And the headliners came in blowing the whistle. And I thought, oh, my goodness. For a, a split second then, I'm thinking, I'm going to call me offsides. I'll be the all-time Navy GOAT. I'll never make JG. When uh, all of a sudden he said, Boys, game's over, and grab that ball, and we headed for the locker room. And, uh, and the, the Cotton Bowl people were there. The, Texas was number one in the nation at the time. We were number two. We went out there, and uh, and they beat us in the in the uh, Cotton Bowl. But uh, that's a whole other story. But anyhow, uh, that, that was the Army Navy game. And Roley is a very close friend of 
Roger and Skip and myself and all of us now. You know, Tom, you know, the, the thing I brag about in that game is one of the closest friends I've, I've ever had. That uh, He was Pat Donnelly, who was just a great football player, All-American lacrosse. And Pat scored three touchdowns in that Army-Navy game. And I got the Heisman that year, and Pat wanted it after uh, scoring those three touchdowns. He said, I should get that Heisman. So I gave it to him. He's got, No, we, we lost Pat uh, about two years ago, and he's just one fantastic uh, – human being and was was the uh hero of the uh 60 uh 63 army navy game i understand that this during this football season they finally were able to have the memorial service for pat right. is that right yes so roger real quickly and i don't think we need to spend a lot of times we do this navy spotlight we have uh the the navy alum talk about their career i don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about your career because everybody knows what you did just before i turn it over to eric and keenan Kind of remind me, and you've told me this story many times before, but how did a young Catholic boy from Ohio make it to the Naval Academy? And it was a different era when Navy football was big time and some of the greatest players in the country went to Navy. And that's how come Navy was a powerhouse. But remind us again how you ended up going from Ohio to the Naval Academy. Well, I, I, I really didn't play uh, quarterback till my senior year in high school. I as a sophomore, I broke my hand. My junior year, I, I was a defensive back. And so my senior year, I was uh, I, I played quarterback. And at the end of the season, uh, Rick Frazano from Navy came and talked to me about going to the Naval Academy. And I, I did get a chance to visit, and I liked it. And uh, then things just kept moving on. And um, I, uh, you know, I only had the one year at quarterback. And then Navy said, hey, Roger, uh, we would we, like to send you to Roswell, New Mexico, to go to New Mexico Military Institute a junior college for one year and then come, come to Navy. And so I, I really liked the idea of having another year, uh, in Roswell, uh, Mimi was, is, is a great school. I mean, I had a great time at, uh, at, at New Mexico military Institute for one year. And then I came to Navy. So I had a good, you know, pretty decent year as a quarterback down at Roswell. So I had two years at quarterback and so I, I, I really wanted to live up to the commitment that Rick made for me to go to the Naval Academy. So that's how I ended up going to Navy. I, I just really uh, uh, wanted to uh, go to the Academy as, as militarily, but, but a lot of it was that uh, they wanted me to there because of being a football player. So it, it was a great marriage and it was the best thing, the best decision I could have ever made was go to the Naval Academy. Well, it's interesting because Eric Catani is also an Ohio native. Uh, he didn't come from the ritzy part of Ohio like you did. I think he's from the Cleveland area, aren't you, Eric? Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Menor, Ohio, about right outside, uh, 20 minutes out, east of Cleveland. And I had my lunch from Ohio as well, so, you know. I, you, you've heard of Cincinnati then, huh, <laughs> being in Cleveland? And <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Pat Donnelly, uh, who's, as we talked about, it was from all me, Ohio. That's okay. Where, that's not yeah. from Cleveland. Uh, well, so, Eric, some thoughts. You Anything you wanted to talk to Roger about? Where do I start? Uh, you know, once I went to the, the Naval Academy, I was 18 years old, getting on campus, and seeing this number 12 jersey everywhere, absolute everywhere. And I'm like, I'm like 12, 12, and Roger Staubach. And then everything that you learn about the, the greats that, you know, went there, you know, Roger Staubach, Admiral Lich, Robinson, Napoleon McCallum, and, you know, the, just this, the stories that people talk about and, you know, classmates of mine. So, the board of trustees with you know, Admiral Lynch, we've got Jeremy McGowan on. And then Jeremy was telling me stories of 
um, you know, working with you and JLL and everything else. And it was pretty funny. We, I stayed at the graduate hotel and I, I checked in my room and then I opened the door. And the first thing I see is this huge Roger Staubach painting when I walk in. And it was just, just I'm like, this guy, he's iconic. He's, he's everywhere. And to go back to Bill's point about, you know, Keenan, I'm sorry, but after going back and watching the Roger Staubach film and just the way that you ran around everybody. And then even the, the more impressive thing is when you came back or your two weeks of leave and then you with the Dallas Cowboys, I saw some film with that and you just making these guys look like fools and running around and just scoring plays. It was absolutely amazing. The athletic ability that you had back then. So I just want, I'm just so excited to hear the stories that you have and the stories that you and Admiral have together. It's just un, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I'll say this much. Y'all don't have to keep apologizing because, I mean, anytime you got a, a man that has a Heisman Trophy and multiple Super Bowls with America's team, you know, there is really no conversation, no debate. Uh, but so really excited to to have you on the on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I do have a little bit of a, a story of my own, like as far as really realizing that Rod Starbag went to Navy. I think I, I probably knew you more for the Cowboys than Navy. And then when I got to Navy, it all kind of like came together. I could puzzle. I was like, oh, that that 12. Oh, OK. Now it makes sense. I know exactly who that is. So um, obviously you have done a lot for the Naval Academy and mean a lot to the program and to the brotherhood. And, you know, I love hearing you guys talk about old Army Navy memories. I think of out of anything like. If you haven't seen somebody that you played with for a few years, you could get back and instantly start talking about specific plays and specific games, exactly what happened, how you felt. I think that's probably the best feeling ever is just being able to to kind of reminisce on old times and and especially Army-Navy games where you won. I, you know, Keenan, I think if you and I came to the Naval Academy at the same time that uh, you would have you beat me out of quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I would take the compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've, I've watched, you, I've watched uh, you play. You're, you, you've been you've been really great. So, yeah, Roger, that's why I did tell Keenan I would read his statistics. Uh, <laughs> he finished with four thousand five hundred fifty nine rushing yards, and he set the NCAA record with eighty eight rushing touchdowns. I did tell him I would mention that. Now, that's that only accounts for about one third of your career with the Cowboys, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, of course he ran the ball uh, about what a uh, couple hundred times a, a year and everything. Or yep, <laughs> full, yeah. full well, that, that's numbers. really special. I mean, I I, I watch Keenan. I you I know mean, I'm a Navy guy. I watch all the every year. So Keenan uh, is uh, is one heck of a football player and an athlete. And and you guys kind of ran ran the ball a lot more and you uh, than throwing it, but your uh, your 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 skills at quarterback were fantastic. So I appreciate that. I really do. Um, yeah. Keenan had nine hundred and seventy eight uh, carries. Nine hundred and seventy eight. That's more than Eric Catani as a fullback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Roger, the thing that you know, I, I was watching about you is your how amazing you were at the two minute offense. You know, as, as Navy was, you know, running the ball, you know, I watched this um, documentary with you and Bill Belichick. Um, and he talked about, you know, how he watched you, the two-minute offense, and how prolific you were. And then he actually saw he, – he said he saw your first ones, and he saw your last one, I believe. Is that correct? In what? In 79? With or, the uh, – with Cowboys? Cowboys? Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, Bill, Bill was uh, – his, you know, his dad was a coach, a coach on our uh, – 
football team back in the old days. Tom, you know, was, he was a defensive coach and, uh, and uh, he, uh, so Bill used to come out to practice sometimes uh, and we'd, we'd throw the ball with him. And uh, I didn't, I didn't realize he'd, he'd, he'd turn out to be probably one of the greatest coaches ever in the national football league. But he, he knows a lot about Navy football, Bill, Bill Belichick. He knows so much about Navy football. When I was with the Patriots, he brought me aside a couple of days and just, I have no, his, his recall memory for, for plays and, and players mm-hmm. is it's at, he used to stand there for an hour and just talk about these plays. And you're like, how does this guy remember this, this, this guy's name from 1955 and 1970s. It's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, he grew up on it. He loved Navy football. I've had so many conversations with coach Belichick about Navy football, and there's not anything he doesn't know about the history. He could write the book better than I could. Roger, before uh, I have Tom talk a little bit about New Day USA, can you just talk a little bit about Tom as the captain? And, you know, I I was really struck when I was so fortunate to have been invited by Tom to a reunion of the 63 team, which was so special. And I remember you saying Tom's our captain for life. And I just find it amazing the respect that you held for Admiral Lynch. And I'm, you know, Obviously, you went on to achieve greatness. You're a college football Hall of Famer. You're an NFL Hall of Famer. You're one of the greatest football players in the history of America, um, yet you think so highly of Tom Lynch. And I guess you weren't surprised that he went on to become an admiral and a superintendent of the Naval Academy and so many other things. Yeah, I don't want to you know, get, get at, at, uh, at too corny, but Tom, Tom was, uh, was, was a great football player back, back in those days. You could you had an offensive team, a defensive team, and then you had a, a, a team to play both offense and defense. It's kind of weird how this substitution was kind of strange, and you could substitute one player. So I always I didn't play defense. I'd it substitute for me. And Tom was just a great uh, a player on offense and defense. And then our '63 team showed his uh, he was a he was a class ahead of me. So he was a, he was a first classman and. He uh, was was a captain of our team, and it was had a lot to do with our, our success that year. Had a lot to do with Tom's leadership, and not not only his play on the field, but his leadership. And through the years, he has been the uh, he has been instrumental. After all these years, we still hear from Tom on keeping up with uh, Navy football and keeping up with uh, uh, our our teammates that we we played with. And uh, Tom, Tom is. Um, just uh, was a great football player. He's a great leader, and that's why he also was a was an admiral. And uh, I've always uh, uh, I've always admired Tom, and I, he's he's a great friend. And uh, and uh, I look back, and he was he was really responsible for the success of Navy football. Tom, you're a sophomore, and I so for those on the podcast that don't who are listening, those were the days when freshmen were not allowed to play varsity football. So Roger Stallback. Uh, as great as he was, was a junior varsity player as a plebe at the academy. But Tom, do you recall seeing Roger the Dodger as he would become known and thinking to yourself, uh, I think this might be our quarterback of the future? Not really. To be honest with you, we, uh, we knew that uh, Roger and uh, Pat Donnelly and Skip Orr, there are some great guys uh, in the plebe football. The plebe had their own schedule because we had our schedule, they had their schedule. And uh, we knew that they were great, great great plebe team they did very very well had some great athletes but we were so busy uh you know in our own uh, uh schedule and and uh my by plebe year you know 
strength is you build strength through adversity. And my plebe year, we had uh, Joe Bellino. That team went nine and one. So we had we had uh, nine weeks of uh, carry on, and then went to the Orange Bowl. And plebes didn't play. And then my sophomore year, Coach Harden came up with the platoon system, and we had an offensive team and a two, defensive team and a two way team, as Roger mentioned. And uh, so I made the traveling squad as a as a linebacker, and that was really that was really a pretty big deal. And so when we had done, we were predicted to be three seven. We had a seven three record. So then the next year, now we have a great group of seniors. We've got a great group of my classmates. Then we got all these guys coming up, Staubach and those guys coming up in the plebes. Man, we're out on a cruise together. We're talking about which bowl we're going to go to. And, uh, and it's your story. You, you know, you get too complacent. You get knocked down. So we had a 5-5 record. And I think the thing that turned around Navy football for us is that we played uh, USC in the Coliseum, the last game of the season before Army. And I, can't, I don't know how many points we were underdog but it's like the christians going to the lion's den and uh because usc at the time was just like alabama is today they were invincible and uh, we went out there and we beat them on the field we lost the score 13 to 7 but we beat the heck out of them on the field had the ball down in their their territory most of the second half so we came out of there wow we are pretty doggone good and then as roger mentioned we go into the uh the army navy game and uh, kicked the army's butt 34 to 12 Roger had two two running touchdowns and two passing touchdowns, and uh, uh, Nick Markov uh, got a, a 64-yard pass. So anyhow, it was a great, great. And then we go into our senior year, and we say, hey, look, a down at a time, a series at a time, a game at a time. We can't look at what's going to happen at the end of the season. We have to take each down. We have to work, do extra work, and we did that. And you talk about Bill Belichick earlier. Bill talks about when he was a 10-year-old kid running around our locker room with Rusty Romo, Red Romo's son. They're both about 10, 11-year-old kids, and they're running around our locker room. And Bill will tell you today, as he's told me, he learned so many lessons in leadership and teamwork from being around us at that period of time and saw the extra work and saw the effort and saw the love we had for one another and the hard work and, and everybody was it's one for all and all for one. And uh, we had no prima donnas. You know, Roger is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he was just one of us. And uh, so... That made us a strong team, and then uh, you know we kicked butt our senior year, went nine and one, lost Texas to Cotton Bowl. But that was more because uh, we had no Christmas leave, basically. And, and back in those days, ten days of Christmas, that was it. We had no. You got ten days during the summer, but guys on the West Coast didn't make it home. They couldn't afford to go home. So with the preseason, so uh, that was a that was a difficult time for us. But anyhow, uh, I've been my greatest achievement in life was being. Uh, honored by my teammates of being selected as captain of that team. And then when we graduated, uh, you know, we talked, may, may have been the first brotherhood, but we were such a close, the net group of guys. We truly loved one another. I just felt a responsibility to try to try to hold on to that. So we're on active duty. I'd write a handwritten note uh, every 30 days out to everybody. And uh, I remember I was a little concerned about the postage back in those days. Money was tight, but, uh, but uh and now you've got the group emails. And so now I can tell you where every guy is, uh, when they died, what happened, where the widows are, where the family is. And every fifth year we get together here at the Naval, uh, at the Naval Academy, it's hard for us to believe that it'll be our 60th here in, the, uh, in, uh, in uh, 2023. But anyhow, uh, I've been blessed. And uh, so I feel very fortunate to, uh, they're, they're my brothers. I mean, they truly are brothers. And we feel that way about one another. We truly love one another. 
And um, you talk to any guy on the team, who are your best friends? And they'll say, they'll name 10, 15 guys on the football team. And that's the way it's been all our life. So Eric and Keenan jump in. I mean, it's kind of cool that you guys are from the 2000s. And we're talking about a quite a disparity of Navy football, but yet you're all family. These gentlemen played in the 60s. You and Eric played in the t- 2000s. Got to be pretty cool for you all to still, you have the connection though. You, you know, we're at that event at McGarvey's and Admiral Lynch and Eric were talking and it was like, you know, they were part of the same bond of brotherhood. No doubt. I mean, just hearing Admiral Lynch talk about the connection he had with his teammates, nothing has changed all the way up until this point. My best friends are all former football players, except for like one person, Um, all former brotherhood. We was, I mean, you spend so much time in the meetings, in practice, fourth quarters, all season workouts in the summers, in the locker room, dreading to go do your homework or go to the next class. Um, You just get tight going through all of that. So, I can 100% relate, but I love how, you know, even 60 years apart, nothing has changed with the program. Faces come and go, coaches come and go, but the culture has largely been the same as far as the connection and the genuine bond between the players. Absolutely. And, you know, Frank Shank did a phenomenal job of putting that brotherhood tailgate together and bringing everybody together for every game, knowing, you know, we're, we're going to go uh, for each game and, uh, even talking to Ricky Dobbs last uh, week and, you know, the stories that he has just brings back memories immediately of the, you know, the bond that we created uh, throughout the years. So I, Admiral Lynch and Roger, appreciate you guys starting the brotherhood and, and keeping things close for, uh, you know, the generations to come. So Roger, I'll bring us back up to date. This year's army Navy game is going to be held at MetLife stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And it was interesting because I talked to a gentleman named Ron Vandeheven today and he told me something I did not know that, you know, the New Jersey sports and exposition authority had bid for the army Navy game to come to MetLife stadium twice before and failed. And they really took a hard look at what, where they came up short and what they had to improve. And he mentioned to me today that bringing you and Rolly Stitchway aboard really was a turning point. Um, kind of, can you tell me, you know, what your involvement was and, you know, this is going to be a pretty cool event, having the Army-Navy game in the greater New York metropolitan area on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Yeah, the, the, uh, we were asked to be on the committee. Uh, Roley, Roley was the, the uh, Army quarterback. Uh, we've become great friends all through these years. And so Roley and I were on, on the committee that, uh, that helped uh, – and it, 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 you know, as it, as it went on, you know, with the Navy uh, athletic director, Chet Gladchuk and, and Rolly talked to the army uh, and everybody started to really get into it. And then the politics uh, uh, went positive too. everybody, you know, the, the, the Met, the uh, giants and the, the jets, the owners uh, got behind it and thought, Hey, this, this, this would really be something special to have the army Navy game in New York. And so it, it, um, it, it's we we got our our family will be going up there. It's uh, we're I'm getting ex, you know excited. The game's coming up this uh, next week this this Saturday. So it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a big game. And uh, you know Na- Navy has uh, had, had its struggles a little bit this year. They they played the heck out of Cincinnati. I was saw that game and uh, and they played they played well. They stay so it. That it's no matter what's happened the rest of the year, the Army Navy game is something special. And uh, if if 
if we would have been zero and and ten when I was when I was playing and we beat Army, we had a successful season. So, so we, I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, a great game in uh, in New York, and it'll be exciting to have have the game. I think in New York, everybody's really been cooperative and be, behind it, and it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be here. I get I get real nervous when the game. I tape my ankles. I do everything when getting ready for the game. So. <laughs> Hey, Roger, we'll uh, barely miss the Army-Navy game. You, as busy as you are with your schedule, you almost always come in person. And I have a feeling, I know that ESPN is bringing the popular game day production to town for the Army-Navy game, as they have for so many years now. And I have a feeling you'll end up getting interviewed on ESPN on Saturday morning because you have in the past... uh, just uh, do you have some commitments in the New York City area while you're, you're while you're in town for Army Navy? You have some media commitments? Oh yes, and, and most of it's related to the game. Rolly and I have like all day Friday. We uh, we have a big big brunch uh, for uh, people that have uh, committed to to uh, to the game, and uh, so it's uh, I'm I'm really uh, busy. And then on Saturday. Uh, I've got uh, uh, I do some things for USAA and 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 so I got I, I'm I'm gonna uh, be very very busy uh, uh, while I'm, while I'm in New York and I, I really am, at, at like New York when I had my my business back in the old days we had an office in New York and I uh, I, I really liked it because uh, we we kind of took care of the Giants back in the old days and uh, and so people would. Uh, would give me a hard time. And I said, well, let me tell you about the Cowboys Giants. <laughs> and so it, it really is fun talking football when, I, when, when, I'm, when, when I'm in New York. Uh, people, there's a lot of football uh, fans there. And, and some don't like the Cowboys, but they still talk to you. And so I, I really uh, i am looking forward to the game being in New York. Yeah, those are tough times for the Giants back when your Cowboys were rolling. I don't think you lost too many Cowboys-Giants games. No. <laughs> so let me ask Keenan and Eric to jump in one more time because I'm going to let Tom Lynch take us out and tell us about New Day USA since they are the sponsor of the Alumni Spotlight. But Keenan and Eric, last thoughts before I turn it over to Admiral Lynch. Yeah, I actually have one non-football, kind of non-football related question I've been wanting to ask you, Roger. And, and really what that is is, how well do you? How well did playing at Navy, being a part of the Brotherhood, prepare you for life after ball? Like, what? How much did you take from your experience at the Naval Academy when you were going through your transition out of ball into the what you do now, the business world, and how much did it help you kind of prepare you to uh, to excel in that level as well? Well, the the, the Naval Academy uh, helped me in, in in many many ways in, in the military. I. I was a logistics supply officer. I was I had a little color I- issue in my eyes, at the, and so I, I was I, I was somewhat limited. And I, I did get a chance. I spent spent a year in Vietnam, and and I uh, so I spent four years in the Navy, and I, and they really helped me develop as as we had three of our children born at that time, and I was in the Navy. So the Navy, uh, even though it was it was just four years, it was a great four years, and. And uh, I, 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 it, it really helped me uh, in the off season too, as a business, trying to create a business, and and what the Naval Academy taught me, and uh, being in the in the in the in the in service really uh, helped me. Um, and and it, it didn't it, it 
it, it didn't take away from football because I, I was able to get back. Uh, uh, I was only 27 years old, so I was a rookie at 27. And um, I, I cannot thank the Naval Academy enough for what it's meant to my normal life and, and also uh, uh, playing football at the Naval Academy was a, was a big privilege, and uh, I, I enjoyed that also. I, uh, I want to ask a question, kind of flip gears from the from the football aspect. And I know you and Marianne are, are really big into philanthropy, and I, I read about, um, you know, you talk about the United Way all the time, and, you know, I kind of want the, the viewers of the podcast to hear what you're doing with the United Way and all the philanthropy, the efforts that you and Marianne do together. Well, <laughs> that's part of if you're able to do it, you know, you, you, you sure want to do it. And we've, we've been, been fortunate that uh, we've been able to, uh, you know, build a family and uh, also uh, thank, thank uh, many organizations that, uh, that do things for, for others. And so we, we try to balance our life with uh, uh, not only taking out life, but, uh, but giving back also. And, and so we're, we are fortunate to be able to, uh, help uh in in philanthropy from uh from my business life absolutely 10 years ago i think i did this uh charity event it was another roger giving back and it was at navy marine corps memorial stadium and a bunch of these guys paid big bucks to play flag football on the field at navy marine corps memorial stadium and roger stallback was the quarterback of one team and doug williams who was the super bowl winning quarterback for the Redskins at the time was the quarterback of the other team. It was pretty funny. And Roger took it very seriously. I mean, Roger was probably in his geez, I guess sixties at the time. And he's all serious and wants to win and beat Doug Williams. It was crazy, but uh, he could have used you out there blocking for him because some of these guys that paid a lot of money to play flag football with Roger weren't very good. Well, at my age, I'm smart enough not to just not to sign up for games like that anymore. But I, Roger was telling me about his uh, flag football over, I don't know if it's flag or not, but he's playing football over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, as well, you know, I can't throw quite as far as I used to, but I can still run and all this stuff. I said, Roger, hey, Roger, we're almost 80. Forget it. Forget it. But, uh, you know, I would like to pick up on, on one thing for your audience, that uh, uh, Keenan's question, because I've, uh, over the years, I've had many contemporaries and people Success, very successful people come up to me and say, you know, I had four years in. I really regret I didn't stay in the military or uh, one regret I have. I never served. And I try to be nice to them and say, you know, hey, you serve in your way. You raise your family. You're, you have a nice taxpayer. You're a taxpaying citizen. You're, you're a stalwart in the community. You've done your part. But I, looking back on I think the thing that they, we have that they miss is that we were we were had to be we had, regardless of whether it's four years or thirty two years like myself, we were part of something bigger than ourselves, and I think when you look back on your life, you always that's something that nobody can take that away, and and many people in life never have that opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves as you are in the military. So I'll just throw that in there because uh, uh, when when Keenan answered that uh, asked that question, that's what I was thinking about. So, Roger, last before we give you the last word before we throw it back to Tom to talk about New Day USA. But, A, is it true that you're running around playing football over Thanksgiving at, at this day and age of your life, 2021? Uh, is this true? And, you know, why do you?
Yeah, I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we play, uh, we have a flag football game since I retired from the Dallas Cowboys. We missed it last year because the COVID was uh, pretty serious. So this year we did have a game and I, I just can't throw the ball as far as I used to, but I, I still can throw. And, uh, but we had some other uh, younger guys uh, playing too. And so it, it, uh, it, I still can make it be okay, I guess, uh, watching me play. It's not sure. Not like the old days, but I, I still enjoy, I, I still enjoy my Thanksgiving uh, touch football game. Well, I have to say your former teammate, Drew Pearson, he was honored at Tulsa this season and it happened to be the Navy game because he's going in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Tulsa brought him back for Drew Pearson night and Navy ruined the night and beat Tulsa this season. <laughs> yeah, Drew and I are good buddies. Yeah, Drew's, <laughs> Drew's, I was, uh, had the privilege to present Drew at the Hall of Fame and he, oh man, it's so deserved. And he, uh, he, he was a great player and he's been a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, as we take it out here and uh, we got five Naval Academy graduates on this podcast. So everybody unmute. I'm going to take you on one, two, three, go Navy, beat Army to send us out. You ready? Cervello, you too, Mr. Producer behind the glass. <laughs> I'm ready. One, two, three. Go oh, Navy. Navy. Navy, beat Army. Army. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. They do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football, and then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast, and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B-L-E-A-V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now back to the pod. What a great discussion with Roger Staubach and Tom Lynch. I have to say, throughout that 30 minutes, I kept pinching myself. I, I couldn't believe that uh, I had the chance to you know, be on a, a Zoom call with uh, my sports hero, Roger Staubach. So let's keep riding the Believe in Navy football train. Um, let's, uh, let's take this next opportunity and listen to Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani give their thoughts on today's game. Uh, guys, it's Army-Navy week, and uh, as we tape this podcast on Friday morning, we're 30 hours away from kickoff at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, I was going to start by asking each of you for your memories of the Army-Navy game, and it's interesting because Coach Niamatololo has been invoking Keenan Reynolds' name when I ask about they have so many young players, including dozens of freshmen are going to play in this game, Navy does, and also Ty Lavatai, a sophomore quarterback, making his Army-Navy game debut. And I was asking about nerves, and Coach Niamat dismissed and said, everyone has nerves in this game. And he used Keenan Reynolds as an example and said, despite all the games that Keenan Reynolds played in his career, his senior year, he expressed nervousness 
prior to the Army-Navy game. Keenan, is that true? Lies. No, I'm playing. Uh, (laughs) 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 No, I I definitely uh, definitely was nervous because you got to think, you know, you're you're going in as a senior, 3-0. Only thing everybody kept talking about was, you know, you're going to be the only quarterback to be 4-0. You're the only quarterback to be 4-0. You don't want to be the senior class that loses the streak. I mean, there's a lot of things you're thinking about. And and obviously when you're talking to – the media, you're kind of like, oh, you know, that doesn't matter. We're just here to play. But it's very real. It's very apparent. And it's like all it was like constantly in the back of our mind as we don't want to be the, t- the senior class or the team that relinquishes, you know, 13, 14 years of, of dominance. So um, and, and I think it was it was funny because like Coach Jasper, who is never one to miss words after the game, he was like, why you wait till your last one to play your – he's like, why you wait till your senior year to play your worst your worst game in Army-Navy? Because, like, we just – we kept stalling on offense that year and, you know, made a couple big plays when it mattered. But uh, we definitely should have blown them out. It shouldn't have been close. But, uh, you know, it's just part of the game. I mean, you, 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 that's, like, one of the factors that you add in when you think about Army Navy, everybody always talks about like, oh, you, you throw out the records, but really it's it's just because like guys just understand the magnitude of the game. They understand how important it is and they're trying to like not make any mistakes. And when you try to play that way, you, you tend to make a lot more mistakes than you should. What was the score of the your senior year? And is that the game where you had to hit Brandon Turner on the long throw down the sideline to try to clinch it? Is am I remembering that correct? Or is was yeah, this you're, game you're about four, you're about you uh, Three years deeper in the past, that was my freshman year with Brandon Turner. This one was, uh, I hit Jameer Tillman for like a, I think it was like forty nine yard TD in the third quarter. That we went up twenty one to seventeen, and we held that that lead the entire like that was like I want to say like mid third quarter, um, mid to late third quarter, and but we held we held that lead off the touchdown from that play on. So. Um, we really put a lot of pressure on our defense. We made the play when it mattered, but we could have made more plays to like make it a much more comfortable lead. But we just relied on our defense to keep making stops, and they did. Was that like a crossing route to Jameer, if I remember correctly, and he took it in? Yeah, we had, we had schemed up some stuff for Army, um, and that, that was one of our scheme plays. They brought a blitz off the edge. Pretty sure I got hit in the mouth that play, but, you know, uh, he was wide open, and Jameer had a great play once once he got the ball. So, Eric Katani, what what were, was your best memory? I mean, I I were you four and zero as well, or I mean, during your oh, yeah. career? I know you probably might not have played in all four Army Navy games, but did Navy go four and zero against Army? I would imagine they did. And what's yeah. your favorite memory? Of course, yeah, we were we were the decade of dominance era. We never lost. Um, we talked about nerves. So I played in three Army Navy games. Um, I was actually the player of the game my sophomore year, um, and that's when I was nervous, you know, because I was sophomore, I was young, you know, like these guys not getting much playing time, and uh, you know, Matt Hall had some issues, and then uh, you know, Adam Ballard was hurt, so I stepped up uh, as a starting fullback that game with, with Kaipo and you know, some other phenomenal players. Uh, Reggie Campbell was one of the best running backs that you know I played with. Um, you know, we don't talk about much about Reggie Campbell or, you know, we talk, always talk about Sean White, but Reggie and, and, and Zerp Singleton had some amazing roles in those Army Navy games uh, throughout the years. Um, but, you know, we never lost over the four years. 
And, you know, some of the games we played were hard fought and some of the games, you know, we knew we were going to dominate. But for this year's game, um, if you want to sh shift gears, I'm kind of worried, um, you know, about this year. We're not, I'm not really sure. Uh, guys are completely healthy. Um, Chris, what's your thoughts? What's the, what's the odds right now for the Army to game? So it's settled in at seven and a half. Um, as we had talked about off, uh, off air, uh, it had been as high as eight and a half, um, but it's settled in at about seven and a half. The over-under is 35. Yeah, I kind of share your concerns, Eric. Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried, but I, I'm, I guess I'm always worried for this game. Uh, I, I wasn't like you guys. I mean, certainly not playing, but as a fan, we lost three of the four years that I was there. Um, and it sucks. You guys will never know that as a during your time because you 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 know won uh, all four games. But boy, I, I really would like to go into MetLife Stadium and walk out of there with a win. I, I think it would really save from a fan's perspective. Uh, it would save uh, a season that these guys battled through. Uh, you know, all year. And Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but the one win was '97 at MetLife Stadium. Is that correct? That is correct, Bill. And so I've, I've been invoking that all, all week and everybody that I've, that I've talked to that, you know, hopefully that, you know, playing up at the, uh, what was the old Giant Stadium, you know, playing up there in East Rutherford uh, will bring maybe some good luck. How many times have we played at, at, at New York? Someone asked me that last night, actually. Uh, actually, I wrote an article about this. There has been four previous games at okay. the Meadowlands Complex. The first two were at the old... Well, no, all three. I'm sorry. No, all of all the four previous were at the Giants Stadium, as what is called. Uh, they have this is the first Army Navy game to be played at MetLife Stadium. That facility opened in 2010. Navy played there, but against Notre Dame. That was the game where Ricky Dobbs and Alexander Teach ran wild, and Navy blew out Notre Dame. And that's actually Coach Nehemiah has been saying. His last few times up at the Meadowlands were good. He in two thousand and three, Craig Candido scored six touchdowns, and that was the year that Navy went two and ten, won the season opener against SMU, then beat Army in the final game of the season, and it was Paul Johnson's first season. But that's what began the streak. The Craig Candido game in two thousand and three at the old Giants Stadium is what started the long Navy winning streak, the historic winning streak. And so Coach Nehemiah's been saying, yeah, I, I want to get some of that good juju of the 2003 Army-Navy game, that 2010 Notre Dame game. But let's, let's get the good juju from that and bring it in for this one. But what has got you so concerned? You, you think Army's all bad? I was talking last night with some of our brother guys and, you know, you know brought the strength of the schedule we have. You know, we're number one and – Played some phenomenal teams, and you know we're ready to play. Um, it just Army, you know, sometimes like uh, you know, watch the, the games the past couple of years. I'm not sure if it's in our guys' heads, but you know we don't play our best game, you know, against these guys. And I think our if our defense steps up, and you know, more importantly, I think our, our fullback steps up, which he's played phenomenal the past you know four or five games. So I really hope that um, you know Ty is the guy and shows up uh, on Saturday. Yeah, well, obviously Army has been dominating the series of late and they've got the better of Navy over the last five years. I think they've won four of the last five or something like that. Keenan, you weigh in on this. You worried? Um, I, I wouldn't say worried per se. I, I think uh, it's going to really depend on the quarterback. If you look at the, the games that we've lost, OK, the, the game that they stopped the streak, we had a freshman who had never started a game 
starting the Army game. Um, so that, that's the game that they got over the hump, and they still should. We still should have beat them that game. Then I think the next year uh, was that the snow game the next year where we missed a field goal to win the game or tie the game. Yes, that's uh, boring. And yeah, trade false start penalties and push the field goal back to like 52 yards out of Bennett Mooring's range, and he still almost made it. Right. So, but, but I think about that game, it was, it was really, really, really snowy. Malcolm had like almost 300 yards rushing that game, but we really didn't have anything beyond that. And then 18, I don't really remember much about that game, but the games where we've had like defined quarterback play, the entire like leading up to that game. Like if you look at 2019 and what Mal- Malcolm was the guy, they made a decision. He's our guy. We're rocking with him. And then they saw what happened when 2019, 2020, we had some ups, we had some downs. We didn't really know who our quarterback was. A lot of different people played. Then we throw X in the mix. who only started a couple games and we go up there and Mikey stadium get shut out. So now we have a guy who has been the guy the entire season when he's healthy He's played in some big games. He's played in Notre Dame. He's played against, he played since he's tough. He's got a couple of wins under his belt. You know, would really, I'm really hoping that all that momentum will help us in this game because we have our guy. He's been playing. So there's no like, uh, who's, you know, how's he going to do? You know, we've seen him play. Like, yes, Army, Navy. So people are maybe asking, like, will the pressure get to him? But I was talking to Coach Jasper. And one of my points was, you know, he's played in some big games. But ultimately, the, 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 the outcome of this game is going gonna, is gonna to rely on him and his play. I think we're going to see similar on offense to what Air Force did. I think Army's going to be very, very similar to how they played us. I think they have some a, a stout enough defense to kind of play us the same way. The question is, can we complete passes? Can we, can we sustain drives and complete passes? I think on defense, we're going to make stops. It's going to be really tough for Army to score. As long as we don't give them any cheap stuff, you know, punt returns for touchdowns or any trick double passes. Like, that's the kind of stuff that Army usually kind of breaks the game open with is they do this little gimmicky trick play, and then that, that gets the momentum rolling. So if we can stay disciplined on that front, make them play us straight up, because I, I think if they have to play us straight up, they won't move the ball well and then actually execute on offense, I think we'll take care of them. But, you know, it's going to come down to tie. I mean, that's been kind of the theme throughout this entire season that we've always, like, talked about keys to the game. Well, tie. Like, it, it, the formula hasn't changed. The, the scenery may change. The pageantry may change. But the formula is still how well are you going to play tie? Are you going to complete passes? Are you going to make your reads? I couldn't agree more with you, Keenan. I, I think that's absolutely the key to victory. Ty has to play well. He is going to have to complete some passes because we know how hard it is to move the ball against Army. It's, you know, two yards here and there. So uh, it's going to be third and six situations. You're going to have to complete a little pass. And we've already said that Navy's incorporated some nice passing elements to the offense, and he's just got to complete them. Against Temple, there was guys running wide open all day, and he just missed them. And then in the second half, he finally started completing some, and that's when Navy pulled away. But just for our listeners, I will recap. Navy's 14-game winning streak, which is historic, nowhere near any streak like that in the series ever before or after. Uh, However, Army has won for the last five. 2016 is when Navy played Temple in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Will Worth got injured. And so Zach Abey had to make his first career start in the Army-Navy game in Baltimore 
He actually played a lot better than I would have thought. He had a long run that set up a touchdown. Navy lost 21-17. Following year, as Keenan mentioned, 2017, that was the snow game when the Army wearing the mountain white uniforms. And that's when Bennett Mooring missed the long field goal at the end. And had there not been two straight false start penalties prior to the field goal, he probably would have made the field goal and Navy would have won. 2018 in Philly, Army wins 17-10. Then the game in which Malcolm played really, really well, went crazy, rushed for almost 300 yards. Navy wins 31-7. And then last year, 15-0. And that game turned on a goal line stand. And that I think the score was 3-0 Army at the time, if I remember correctly. And Xavier Arline ripped off a long run, gets tackled down loud the like 10-yard line. Navy ends up first and goal from like the three-yard line and can't punch it in. Coach Nehemiah still says this. He's been saying all last couple of weeks, we think we scored. I just watched the tape again, and I don't know how they didn't call it a touchdown. But that would have put Navy ahead 7-3, could easily have changed the tenor of the game, the momentum of the game. So that's how it's gone. Uh, but, you know, Coach Nehemiah gets a little annoyed because for a lot of the times that Navy was beating Army, there was a lot of blowouts in there. There's a 34 nothing in 2008. There's a 38 3 in 2007. Uh, there's a 42 23, a 42 13, a 34 6. I mean, so during the 14 game winning streak, <laughs> Navy put it on Army. And it, during this Army run of four or five, they've never beaten Navy by more than a couple touchdowns. Um, so, you know. I don't know. It's uh, Army is acting like the tide has turned and they are now the dominant team in the Army-Navy game. I guess that pisses you guys off. It's like when you let your little brother win and he thinks he's actually good, but really it's because of something you're doing. That's really kind of how I feel. Like, I don't really feel like Army has like a, a, a dominating program. Um, I think a lot of our defeats have been, you know, self-inflicted, but nonetheless, Wins are wins, whether it's seven six or fifty two to six. It's still only one win, right? So, I mean, until we go out and beat them, they can talk as much trash as they want about how they feel about the the, the tide has switched. And and then you look at how we've done in the season versus how they've done. They've been bowl eligible consistently over the last five years. We've been bowl eligible, you know, a handful of times. Not as like we used to be. So again, I. I get where they're coming from, but as a as a Navy as a Navy fan, I kind of look at it as like the little brother who thinks that they're 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 bigger than what they are. Like, and I I think it's time that we put these guys back in their place. You are the 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 the, the second tier, third tier service academy in this in this rivalry amongst the service academies, and get this thing back going again. It's a new era for for Army. It's the Coach Munkin era. You know, Coach Munkin was. A really good coach in Navy, and he's one that recruited me to become a Navy uh, over the years. And, and I, I, know, I know personally, and you know, he takes his you know, game seriously more seriously than I don't, I don't even know it. He is one of the most competitive human beings I've met in my whole life. And you know, this past five years, that's what he's always talking about is, you know, is, is beating beating us. Um, I always listen to his interviews as well. And you know, I'm not nervous, I would say, for this game, but um. You know, our boys just step up and we need to establish dominance again, like Keenan said. Because, you know, when I played, you know, we never lost. Same thing with Keenan. 
I, you know, I don't like to go to this game and just know that we're going to you know, get it easy. Well, it's supposed to be a rainy day, uh, not real cold, so that it's going to be miserable, but they're definitely the forecast is for some rain. I mean, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be a rock'em, sock'em, uh, two clouds, yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, I, I really envision a low-scoring game. I'd like to see Navy pull it out, 17-14, 14-10, something like that. But I agree with Keenan's take. I, I, I've, I've seen Brian Newberry at work. Um, he, he, he knows how to defend the option. He has defended Army well in his previous two attempts. I'm confident. The defense, despite getting younger and younger every week of the season and going to roll out there with a lot of sophomores and freshmen on Saturday, I'm confident the defense will will hold Army to a, a reasonable number. It's on the offense to produce. It's on Ty Lavatai to make plays. Um, so any last words, Chris Cervello, you want to jump in? Any question for the guys? I just was going to ask, you know, from a triple option standpoint, the effect of the weather. Um, you know, everybody talks about, oh, the weather, you know, rain or this or that. Uh, Keenan, from a quarterback standpoint, Eric, from a fullback standpoint, I mean, other than maybe the ball being slippery, uh, does, you know, when you hear rain uh, on Saturday, you know, does that worry you? Well, I should say this. The refs are, are, are always wiping the ball off. And, and it also depends on how it's raining. Like if it's, a, if it's a light mist, it won't be bad. If it's a torrential downpour type of rain, then that could be a bit annoying. But the, the thing is, triple option, right? It, people always say, like, oh, that kind of benefits us. But the thing is, you have a lot of ball, – the ball's changing hands a lot of times. You know, you got the mesh, and, and Eric can talk about how that affects him as a fullback. But but as a quarterback, when I'm on the perimeter and I need to deal it, the thing is, a lot of times when, when it's time to deal, it's kind of a reactionary play. Like, you're not, like, pre-planning to deal the ball. It's like you're running, running, running. Oh, I got to deal, I deal. So you need that fluidity – from carrying to pitching. And sometimes when you have a slick ball, maybe your thumb slick slips on the back of the ball. And now when you go to pitch, the ball slots right right out of your hand. Um, you know, those are some things that can be issues. Or, you know, the the A-back trying to catch the ball, maybe it goes through his hands. Or maybe when he puts his hands up to catch it, it goes through it, hits him in the chest and hits the ground. Like these are things that are, are could be issues. So, you know, I, I foresee a lot of interior. If it's really bad, it really slick, it's going to be a lot of mesh, a lot of in, a heavy dose of the fullback, and a lot of QB keeps on the perimeter. It's a great question, Chris. I, I never had a problem with, uh, you know, the rain and snow and stuff like that. I always played better, actually, in those conditions. I never wore gloves as a fullback um, just because with that mesh point. I never wanted that. Uh, my hand actually gets stuck on the ball because uh, the new gloves nowadays, you know, I'm not sure if you want a pair, but it's like, it's like cheating. It's like once you put your hand on a ball, it sticks to it. So I never wore gloves just to help the quarterback out because I don't want to have that bad mesh that, you know, that they thought I pulled it, you know, this or that. So, you know, it didn't really affect me as a player, but, you know, what Keenan said, 100%, but the ball is always moving hands. So it's, it's going to be an issue. For Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani, thank you for listening to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast. A special thank you to our Army Week sponsors, Academy Consulting, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar, the Montana 3000 podcast, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, the Graduate Hotel in Annapolis, and Allegiance Flag Supply. Please visit our sponsors either in person or on the web. And a special thank you for all of their support during this great week and throughout the fall sports season. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us. What a great pod this has been. We've heard from the great Roger Staubach. We talked to Vice Admiral Buck, the superintendent. And now for the big finish, we are talking to Bill Squires, a member of the class of 75 and a very unique connection to the Army-Navy game, particularly the Army-Navy game in New York. We talked to you last year, Bill. It was so nice meeting you. Since then, we've had so many more occasions to get together and talk. Number one, tell us what's so special about the Army-Navy game for you. And number two, you know, your connection to MetLife Stadium and how that game is going to go this year. Sure. Well, you know, I didn't know much about the Naval Academy when I entered the place, but I did know that Army played Navy every year in football. Uh, so, of course, you know, anybody who attends the United States Naval Academy knows how important that game is. Uh, I, my first two years at Academy, 71-72, we didn't do well. We lost. But 73, we beat them 51-0. In 74, we beat Army 19-0. So I went out on a 70-0 uh, two victories. And, um, you know, just it's. I think every grad is proud of that game, proud of our football team, and certainly followed them over the years. Um, but um, – I was in the Navy, Lieutenant Commander on USS John F. Kennedy. Um, and I found myself getting hired by the New York Yankees. And um, um, I worked for them for 87 and 90 and you know, went to Met our Giant Stadium in 90. And we had the Army-Navy game in 1993. So um, certainly one of the, the highlights of my professional career in sports facilities and event management, uh, 34 years now. Um, and I haven't. I, I want, you know, I, I got a 23 game streak going right now and God willing, I'm going to be there next Saturday to make it 24 consecutive games. So I have to ask before I kick it over to Wags, how do you have this consecutive streak going when last year was played at Mikey stadium in front of no fans? I think I love that story. I I'd, I'd love for you to tell our listeners about it. Well, if there's a will, there's a way. Um, I was, I was going out um, on a, my daily five to seven mile walk. And uh, I had heard that the army Navy game is going to be played at West point. And I said, wow, 22 games in a row. And I can't have this stopped. And because of my connections within the sports facility and event management industry, I, I know the company that does the, uh, that provides the services up at West point, just like safe management does at the uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial stadium. There's a group called contemporary services corporation. And I reached out to a few friends and I said, guys, I'm not asking you to get me in the game. Uh, as a guest, I'll, I'll work the game. So I ended up working as a, a $12 an hour security guard. Uh, I was positioned right in front of the brigade of midshipmen on a 30-yard line. Um, and uh, that's how I kept my consecutive game streak going. Wags? Well, uh, to the listeners know, I just conducted a half-hour interview with Bill, and I actually met Bill in person at the uh, Army-Navy press conference at MetLife Stadium on Wednesday of last week. But uh, I guess, Bill, first, let's talk about why this game's being played at MetLife Stadium. It's because this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and New York City region – the greater New York City region was so impacted by 9-11, as we all know, with the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center being attacked and coming down. Um, I think Chuck Gladchuck and Boo Corrigan made the absolute right decision by taking this game to MetLife Stadium. And I, I've already heard, and I wrote an article in the newspaper 
about some of what's going to happen, but it's going to be an entire day of remembrance, recognition, of respectfully of 9-11 and the events surrounding it in New York City. There's going to be a the, the gala that's held every year. The Army-Navy gala is going to be at Ellis Island, uh, at the Immigration Center there on Ellis Island. That's going to be really, really cool. Uh, there's going to be Chevrolets doing a pretty cool spot, which I alluded to in my article regarding the, uh, the truck that a New York City firefighter was able to start after it got completely covered with debris from the tower coming down. But just tell me your thoughts. And I know you, you feel strongly about that this is the absolute right place to have the game. But you're, tell me your thoughts about MetLife Stadium hosting the game vis-a-vis -vis the 9-11 20th anniversary. Well, Bill, thanks for asking that question. Um, maybe the listeners out there don't know, but this will be the fifth time that the Army-Navy game would be played in the Meadowlands Sports Complex, now called the MetLife Sports Complex. Uh, I've had the good fortune of attending all four games in 89, 93, 97, 2002. So this is not uh, unique to us. You know, we played the game there four times. This will be the fifth time. Navy is three and one, by the way. The last time we played, we beat Army 59 to 12 in 2002. Hopefully we'll see a similar result this year. But um, I was, I was uh, the vice president general manager of Giant Stadium on that fateful day, 9-11 uh, in uh, 2001, and I saw the second plane hit the second tower. Um, as I told you in the interview, uh, you know, I went down to my office and closed the door and I cried because I knew, first of all, uh, it was, you know, we thought tens of thousands of people may have been killed, but you know, unfortunately, 3,000 people lost their lives and it was just a horrible day. But having been a Navy veteran, I also knew that we we're going to go to war, that this was not an accident. This was you know, this was terrorism and we were going to react. So I, I, I was looking long term because I knew that servicemen and women, you know, from all three service academies, the Coast Guard Academy, Merchant Marine, enlisted, we're going to go over somewhere and fight a war. So it was uh, it was a, a horrible day. And I can I can almost remember every second of every minute of that day. Um, so when the Army Navy game was played a year later, you know, it was already in the it had already been scheduled. Uh, but when Ron Van Deveen, president and CEO of MetLife Stadium, and a very good friend of mine, uh, had the opportunity to bid on this game and that we were awarded the game. And thanks to Boo and thanks to Chet Gladchuk, you know, for uh, allowing this game to be played at MetLife Stadium. And as I told you, um, you know, if I had a vote and I don't, but I think this game ought to be played at MetLife Stadium every five years on the anniversary of that, that fateful day. So. Uh, it means a, a great deal to me, not only being a graduate and a veteran, but I think it's, I know it's going to mean a lot for the New York metropolitan area. You know, we've been through a lot um, and uh, to have army and Navy come up here and play this terrific game. Bill, maybe talk about what the fans can expect. I mean, I was at MetLife stadium last week for the army Navy press conference. It's a very impressive facility, but just maybe what the fans can expect. They're used to going to Philly, the link, uh, they know the lay of the land there. They know the parking lot situation. They know that what can fans expect at MetLife Stadium? What do you kind of, what do you think are some of the highlights of the amenities there? Um, 27,500 parking spaces on site. Uh, near, near major roadways that get you in and out of there. Mass transit from New York City, even from New Jersey. I'd encourage people to look at mass transit opportunities. Um, 
82,500 seats. Uh, I think well, I, I think I'm correct when I say this, but it's got the, the most fixed seats of any stadium in the United States. You know, the Cowboys have uh, 80,000, but they have standing room in the end zones. Uh, you know, these colleges like University of Michigan, Tennessee, Penn State may have a capacity of over 100,000, but they don't have the fixed seats that we do. Uh, synthetic turf field. Um, I think it's important to note that the Navy's already played at MetLife Stadium uh, in October of 2010 when we defeated handily the University of Notre Dame, uh, 35-17. Uh, so we're 1-0. Looking, looking forward to being two and zero. It's. I'm already checking the weather. It's supposed to be in the low fifties, a uh, little overcast skies. Hopefully, the ceiling be high enough so we get the leaf frogs, the golden knights, the Apaches, and the F-18s. We got four F-18s coming in. Uh, the parking lots open at nine o'clock, zero nine hundred. Gates open up at eleven hundred. Midshipmen march on like around noon. Looking for a great day. Last for me before I throw it back to John, but, uh, you know, you're a big wig. You ran the stadium at one point. Now you're a consultant. I mean, <laughs> get rid of that, John. Uh, you ran the stadium and now you're a consultant. You could be in a posh suite, eating good food, staying warm, and you've decided to be out in the cold with the rest of the uh, common people. Tell me why. Uh, I'm not a sweet guy. Um, I, I handpicked my seat. Uh, I'll be on the 50-yard line, section 313, uh, row 4, seat 26. Um, my giant season tickets were in that same section, row 1. Um, I have a bunch of company mates who are coming to the game, and I, I want to be with them. Um, and I, I, I didn't share with you guys, but I had a severe battle with COVID last year. Uh, my company mates, my classmates, my fellow alumni mean mean the world to me, and uh, I don't want to be in a suite. I want to be out out with out with my friends. Well, you're a hardier man than than John Schofield because John Schofield sneaks into the lily pad, David Lilliforn's suite. Every time he goes to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, he could be outside, you know. But on those cold days at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. You can find Schofield sneaking into the lily pad without a ticket, I might add. Well, it's okay. because of the warmth of the libations, not the warmth of the suite. I assure hey, you of that. Hey, I've, I've been in that suite, too, and you can't see the game. There's so many people in there, you can't see the game. So I stop up and say hello to Lily, and I go right back to watching the game outside somewhere. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to see the game when the lily pad is filled with people from the Brotherhood. You got to see over Big Mike and Goody and that that whole crew. It's an impossibility. So, well, I'll tell you what, Bill. Um, I, I'll I'll let you leave us with this. We were talking before we started recording about you know what you do for Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill, also a grad representing the state of New Jersey in Congress. You know, you're doing her interviews for her to, you know, so that she can give out nominations to the Academy. You remain very connected to this school. You're interviewing potential leaders of the future, the next NASA astronaut, the next All-American football player, the next chief of naval operations. What do you say? What's your main thing? What's the final sales pitch from you that, that you use to tell people about what makes the Naval Academy so special? You know, I think it's... Uh... You said it earlier, it's related to football, but it's also related to the to Bancroft Hall and the, the fine young men and women that go there. It's a brotherhood. It's a sisterhood. Um, the, the lifelong relationships that I, my best friends 
or people that I served with. Um, I do have some civilian friends from earlier days, but my best friends are my company mates, my classmates, the people I served with. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time when they find out what I do for a living, they go, man, it's really cool. You know, you go to games, you get to meet the athletes. And, and I, what I tell them, I, it's a standard response. And I said, you know, what I do now is fun. But what I did when I served in the United States Navy was important. And I'm not sure how many people can say in their lives what they did is important. And I can. Um, so, you know, I, I do tell these young people that I interview for the Naval Academy nomination boards, you know, you know what story I tell them an awful lot. It's the Mannion Looney story. You want to talk about brotherhood, read the book, and then you'll really understand, I think, what the United States Naval Academy is all about. Well, Bill, you are an amazing represent, representation of what's great about the U.S. Naval Academy, about the physical mission. We appreciate what you've done and what you continue to do. I cannot wait to raise a cup with you um, on Saturday there in MetLife. And, and if I didn't say it enough back in September, I'll say it on behalf of my kids again. You know, for the, for the pod listeners, I was able to go up and see my beloved Denver Broncos play the Giants the first game of the year. Uh, up there at MetLife, and and Bill was just so nice to my kids and me. Thank you so much for that, and and we can't wait to to you know see you you know enjoying the game in your house. Uh, you know we'll we'll be there rooting for Navy together. Twenty thirty four. It's an honor and pleasure to be on the call with you guys. And uh, can I stay on and listen to Murph? I I'd love for you to. Thank you so much. So. Um, I am going to record the out right now and then I'm going to like act like I'm coming back in from her. So, so yeah, Bill, thank you so much. Um, we can't wait to see you on Saturday. Um, actually, as this pod comes out, it'll be today. Uh, so go Navy beat army. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this pod. The last of our army Navy week daily pod specials. This is it. Let's go in there and get a W go Navy beat army. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.